This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. This is the Learn Jazz Standards Podcast, episode 119. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what is up, everybody? My name is Brent. I am the jazz musician behind the website LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. I'm so excited to be here with you every single week. I love doing this show. I love helping you. I love serving you. I love hearing from you about uh, how all of this stuff has been helping you. That's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me excited. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that when I like to talk about uh, our jazz tips, advice, you know, we do theory, we do, uh, you know, all kinds of different lessons on becoming a better musician in general and playing jazz. But when it comes down to it, I really like to focus in on the mindset the mindset, because mindset is so important. The psychological game is so important for becoming a better musician, any kind of musician for that matter. And, you know, because of that, I've had psychologists on this show back in uh, episode 70. Two, I had Dr. Noah Kageyama from The Bulletproof Musician talk to us about beating performance anxiety and quieting your inner critic. In episode 98, I had my brother on to uh, talk a lot about uh, mindset when it comes to performance and learning. Um, But today, I want to talk about something that I think is really important, and that is getting unstuck from musical slumps, because we all go through musical slumps, and... I know this is an important topic to cover because I hear from you guys all the time saying, you know, I, I, I'm feeling unmotivated, I'm feeling stuck, I don't know how to improve. And all I can say right away from the from the very start of this episode is I am with you. Like we've all experienced that. You're not alone. Uh, all musicians get stuck, feel like they're not moving forward, and we all want to move forward and improve. That's why you're listening to this podcast. And so I'm here to help you today and just share with you my experience, uh, you know, the different things that have helped me get unstuck from musical plateaus or or just feeling stuck in my musicianship, uh, specifically in my jazz playing. So I'm excited to share all of that with you in this episode. Hey, really quickly before we start, though, if you have not subscribed to this podcast on whatever service that you like to listen to your podcasts on, whether it be iTunes or Stitcher, uh, Spotify, whatever it is, be sure you click that subscribe button because I don't want you to miss out on anything that we've got going on here. And even better yet, if you've been listening for a while yet you still have not subscribed uh, for our mailing list... I want you to do that because everybody who's on that mailing list, uh, they're getting a lot more than everybody who's just consuming content on the blog or on our podcast or videos, okay? So go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash join to make sure that you do that. All right, without further ado, let's jump into today's topic. 
So I remember back in my freshman year of college, which is a while ago now for me, actually. But I remember just laying in bed at night, just thinking to myself, if I could only just get better, if I could only improve twice as faster, man, I wish I could do this, but I can't do this. I remember just back when I took music a little too seriously and probably a little bit of my life a little too seriously, uh, these are the kinds of things that just were in my head constantly. How do I improve? I'm not good enough. I want to be better than I am now. I always felt like I was in a musical slump. I always felt like I was a little bit behind the eight ball and I wanted to I wanted to improve. I wanted to get ahead. I wanted to be better, faster, quicker, and that didn't always feel like it was the case. And that's a bad feeling, and I'm sure everybody can relate to that. Everybody has felt at one point in time that they are not moving forward in their jazz playing. They've hit a plateau and nothing is happening. Uh, And, you know, in my life, when I feel like that's happened, I believe there are three different reasons why I have hit a plateau. These are just the ones that I've experienced. I know you're going to resonate with these as well. And I'd like to just talk about how that uh, I've overcome these and how you can overcome them Uh, and just some things that we can do to try to work past this and just start improving, right? Because that's where we want to go. We want to get out of those plateaus. They're going to happen. We're all going to experience them, but then we want to move on. So let's start with the first one, the number one out of three. The first reason that you hit a musical slump is lack of motivation. Motivation, lack of motivation. This is probably the one that is kind of overarching over all three of these. It's kind of the uh, consequence of, in general, being in a slump is you don't really feel motivated. And I'm sure you've experienced that before, just not really feeling like you want to approach your instrument, that you want to uh, start playing. Maybe you're bored with what you're doing. Uh, Maybe you're burnt out. You've just been, and we'll talk about that in a second as well. But you just don't feel motivated. You don't really have that drive to get up and to improve and to keep moving on. Now, you do want to improve. Like In the back of your head, you're like, I want to get better, but maybe the work that's ahead of you, just it just doesn't, you can't get yourself out of bed to do it, right? I mean, you're just procrastinating. You're not feeling like you want to do it. And and that's a totally normal thing. And, And I've experienced that. I'm sure you have too. But there's a few things that we can do to break free from that to start getting motivated. And in my experience, there's two of them, uh, more like three of them, that really have helped me and impacted me. Uh, The first one that I want to mention is play with other musicians. Play with other musicians, preferably those who are better than you. But just be playing with other musicians. Now, I know that there's a lot of um, folks that listen to this podcast who don't necessarily always have musicians around them nearby to play with and that can be that can be kind of tough because as when you're alone in your practice room that's not where the improvement is really going to happen and that it's hard to get excited when you're just you know week after week month after month just alone practicing stuff working on stuff it's hard to get excited especially with jazz because jazz is all about playing with other musicians and feeding off of their energy. Um, you know, and even when you are playing with other musicians, there's still uh, the, the opportunity for it to get a little bit stale. But if you continue to play with other musicians and you're constantly feeding yourself with that social interaction of music, you will get motivated 
to improve. And every once in a while, a great musical situation will happen that will just kind of like jumpstart those engines. Um, Last week, I played this gig. It's a regular gig I play, but I played this gig. Uh, It was a trio gig, so I'm a guitar player, so guitar, bass, and drums. And uh, something weird just happened. It it, it was something really weird happened. It was, and I, it's hard to say this definitively, but I feel like it was probably the best gig I've ever played. For some reason, the stars aligned. All three of our energies just worked together. We were playing some of my tunes. We were even just playing some standards, but uh, everything was creative. And, you know, we talked a little bit with our guest Kobe Watkins the other week about transcending musical limits. And I'm not by any means saying that I we transcended limits the way Kobe or his friends could do. But, you know, for, for me, I transcended the level that I was able to play or what I thought I was able to play. Because as a group, we just lifted each other up. And when it was all over, it was almost like we had lived a dream. And everybody felt it too. It wasn't just me. We all were just like, what happened? Like, seriously, what happened? That was amazing. And it was the best drug you could ever take. I mean, you don't need anything else other than that right there. That got me so fired up. Um, Not every gig is like that, right? But if you're not in there playing with other musicians, those moments can never really happen. And you can never develop those connections. I mean, the reason that happened is because me and that bass player and that drummer, we've actually been playing together for eight years you know, eight years in different musical situations. You know, sometimes it's just me and the bass player I would play together. Sometimes it's me, the drummer, and another bass player. And sometimes it's all three of us. But we've just played with each other a lot. We know what we're going to do. And that way, musical things can really happen. So if you're not in that, those things can't happen, which can really motivate you. And then talking about playing with musicians that are better than you or Uh, even challenge you, that's important because those things can be motivating. If you play with someone who has a a level of ability that you're striving for, that will help you reach for those levels as well. So always be looking for those musical situations so you don't want to be hanging out by yourself. So that's the first thing I would say. Make sure you're playing with other musicians regularly. And if you're not, try to figure out a way that you can do that and get connected. The next one is just to spend as much time as you are practicing, listening, and getting motivated by great musicians, okay? Spend just as much time. A lot of times we spend, we don't think about that. We, we think about just practicing, and you, the more you practice, the better you get, that kind of a thing. But you also need to spend time listening to great records that inspire you, and preferably going out and listening to great musicians live that you respect. Whether that means you're going to have to travel to a bigger city if you live in a more rural area to hear that, or maybe you need to go to a jazz workshop uh, somewhere, book that in your year. Um, Maybe there's some great local musicians around you that uh, you can listen to, or maybe you do live in a big metropolitan area like I do, and there are really great jazz musicians and musicians in general around to go see. Make it a priority to go out and do that regularly. I can't tell you how many times I've showed up to a great jazz gig of one of my heroes and just rushed home and started practicing at midnight or two o'clock in the morning because I just got so fired up about it. We really need to do that. We need to be feeding ourselves a healthy diet of 
that motivation that we that inspiration rather from those musicians that we respect so make sure you're spending probably just as much or at least close to as much time doing that kind of stuff as you are actually practicing and shedding in the practice room um probably the last thing i would say i I would say the third step to breaking free of lack of motivation is to spend time just learning and i don't mean practicing necessarily i mean spend time Going and taking a private lesson with a teacher, uh, take uh, a course, an online course, uh, listen to a podcast. Like, I mean, listening to this podcast, my goal is to always be motivating and inspire you. That is a big part of what I feel my job is, is to uh, whoever's listening to the show, just to come away and feeling like excited about something, even if it's something very small or maybe one episode doesn't do the trick, but a different one uh, helps uh, a certain person. That's my entire goal. Uh, watch some videos. I mean, whatever you need to do, you know, spend time educating yourself. Uh, I like to read lots of books, um, not necessarily in the music space, but I like to read books and uh, nonfiction books, you know, help books. And, and they really inspire me to want to improve on certain things. You want to feed yourself content that is going to help and inspire you. Okay. So spend time learning and educating yourself. Okay. That's motivation. That's the first thing I find uh, that people encounter when they're in a musical slump is lack of motivation. Those are three practical ways you can break free from that. Now, the second thing that causes musical slumps is oversaturation, oversaturation. And that's when you just are, you just are doing too much. You are so enveloped in your playing and maybe you're practicing, maybe you're gigging too much, whatever it may be. You're so much so in that space that you really can't see your own improvement and that makes you feel defeated and stuck. And it and it might actually, in a way, be clogging up the drain. Like it just, nothing's moving through. It's just clogged and you need to get past that. Uh, a great example... I recently visited my parents in Idaho. I grew up in Idaho. I hadn't seen them in a while. So I, I I flew out there. I had just finished up a busy season. I was launching the Jazz Standards Playbook, which you've heard me talk about the our course and uh, ebook. I was worn out. So I decided to go out there and just, uh, you know, surprise the folks for a little bit. And, you know, of course I've visited, you know, but recently, you know, in the past years, but, you know, sometimes you notice things uh, from your childhood that you just, you weren't paying attention to. And so I was out in the backyard and I looked around and I saw this old linden tree that I remember when I was a little kid, my dad planted and I was there when he planted, I probably helped him plant it. And when we first planted it, of course, this tree was tiny. It was just, it was small. And of course, over the years growing up as just a kid, you know, the tree didn't really seem like it was growing. Like, sure, you would recognize, oh, it got it's it's getting bigger. But the thing is, we I saw that tree almost every single day, so I didn't really notice the tree was growing. It just was this thing, right? You know, it's the process is too slow for me to really see it. But this time, uh, I noticed it because I hadn't seen it in a long time. Where had paid attention to it even my past visits and I looked at it and I was like my god this tree is massive I mean this tree got huge I mean because it's been decades you know it's been it's been a long time this tree has been growing and it just struck me for a second wow I mean I've had a 
degree of separation from seeing this tree grow. And now it's just huge. And now I recognize the growth that this tree has gone through. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm able to see it because I have a degree of separation between it. Whereas my parents probably didn't even notice it so much because they've been living there. Same with uh, if you've ever, um, you know, you know someone that's had a, a kid and you've you've known you you remember when that kid was born, but you're not really around. Like maybe you're an aunt or uncle, a distant aunt or uncle. You don't get to see the kid very often. Well, every time you see that kid, you're like, whoa, that that kid has grown big. What happened, right? I mean, you haven't seen the kid in a while, but the parents, they don't notice it as much because they're around that kid every single day taking care of the kid, right? So it's this degree of separation. And when we're oversaturating ourselves, we can't see that improvement. And that can get very discouraging. And sometimes we feed ourselves too much information. And we, like I said, the drain gets clogged. We're really not letting our brain process stuff. So here's how we get over that. First of all, Stop and take a break. Seriously, if you're really feeling burnt out, like you've just, you're not seeing any growth, but you're still practicing a lot, you're gigging a lot, you're doing a lot of stuff, I would highly suggest literally stop practicing for a little bit and decide for yourself how long you want that to be. And please don't feel guilty about it. There's no reason to feel guilty about not practicing. In fact, sometimes I think not practicing can be better than practicing. If you are not prepared to practice or in the mental space to practice, I highly suggest doing this. And many a time that I have done this and I've come back and I've played a gig, even without even warming up and and sat down and started playing, I have had some of my best gigs because there's something about when you give yourself that space and that time for your brain to process, and I believe there's been there's studies done on this. I should have uh, looked up one for you before I started, but I've read studies on this. It allows your brain to clear and just process the things that you've been learning, and it can be really powerful to do that. So please, if you're feeling like you're oversaturated, take a break and just, just take some time off. And maybe if you need to, make that a regular occurrence that you do that. And that can actually be a really health, healthy thing for you to do. And that's, I know that's opposite from what a lot of advice people give you. A lot of times people say, you know, it's practice, 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 practice as much as you can, listen to as much music as you can, and then you're going to learn it. Well, that's true. But if you don't take those breaks, those mental breaks for yourself, you're just going to get, you're going to get overwhelmed. Okay. So take a break. Now, the second thing I want to say is less is more. And again, this goes against sometimes what we think we should be doing. Sometimes we do this little math equation in our head that says, the more I practice, the better I'm going to get. No, not necessarily true. That is not necessarily true. If you don't actually have great direction, which we're going to talk about in a second, and you're just doing a bunch of stuff and maybe it's not good practice, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to improve and get better. You're just doing stuff, right? It's like busy work. It's like just working to work and not working for improvement. So sometimes less is more. So if you feel like you're just doing too much and you know maybe you've taken that break already, but you just feel like you need to step back a little bit, then just relax and say, hey, you know what? Today, I'm just going to work on this one thing and that's all I'm going to do. And that's going to be a good day's work. And you know, the next day I'm going to work on this little bit and the next day I'm going to work on this little bit. I don't need to learn a huge chunk of material in one day, right? 
You know, sometimes working on things in small chunks and just taking your time, you can learn that material even more effectively than if you were just binging on it, right? It's sort of like if you binge like a Netflix show, it's a lot of fun, right? Like, I mean, it's like addicting. You're just like, you. if you have the time to waste doing that, you just binge all of uh, House of Cards or Breaking Bad or whatever it is. Uh, but the problem is you don't actually remember those episodes very well, right? Because you just binge them, watch one after another. Whereas if you would have watched that show in real time where you can only watch one episode a week, as painful as that is, because they really do a good job of making you want to learn, you know, see, uh, you know, watch the next episode the next week, you know, you remember each episode very clearly because your brain has had time to process that information. So less is more. So that's the oversaturation. You know, if, you, if you're feeling stuck because of oversaturation, then do that. Now, I fully understand that a lot of people listening to this show have a, the opposite problem of that. I know that I hear from a lot of people in our Facebook community group that they have the problem of not finding enough time to practice. That That's a, a real struggle. Um, and I did talk about that a little bit in episode 97, where I talked about using the 80-20 rule for productive 30-minute practice, right? For those people that just don't have a lot of time to practice, which by the way includes me, uh, that you can just get as much out of uh, out of that 30 minutes, which is a very short period of time, to really pack a punch for your practice session. So I understand that not everybody, a lot of people don't have the oversaturation problem. But there, for those who do, hopefully that will help. Now, the last one I want to talk about, about breaking through these musical slumps, these plateaus, is lack of direction. I find this is a very, very common problem. And I want to spend a little extra time talking about this because, honestly, this is this is what I'm really passionate about. I'm really passionate about this. I mean, how often have you spent just noodling on your instrument or maybe you practice one thing one day, but the next day it's completely, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with what you practiced the day before. You have no direction. And, you know, it's kind of like when you log on to Facebook and, you know, Facebook, they've actually constructed it to addict you. In fact, they've used it, you've had, they've actually used some, uh, techniques, some some stuff that's used in gambling to try to addict you to Facebook. I know it sounds sick and crazy, but it's true. And after a while, you just keep you know scrolling through Facebook and you like someone's posts and you see something else and then you and it's like this big rabbit hole of stuff, but none of it is really connected together. There's no logical fashion. And when you're done doing that, you feel exhausted. Have you ever felt that? I mean social media can be good, but it also can be bad. I think we all know that. That can be the same thing with your practicing, with just having lack of direction. You're all over the place. You don't have a goal. You don't have uh, a path or a, a, a real plan for improvement. And I'm I'm getting really excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what I do for this. And this lines up directly with my course, Thirty Days to Better Jazz Playing, which I'm really excited. I haven't really talked about this yet on this show, or really to anybody in the audience at Learn Jazz Standards, but. We're actually right now working on the 2.0 version of this course. You know, it's been about a year and a half, or actually more than that, that this course has been out. And a lot of people have gone through this course, have gotten a lot of great benefit out of this course. And I've also gotten a lot of great feedback on how to improve this course or just observe things myself. So right now, me and my team, we're working on this. We're actually going to be renaming it 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing. And that was like directly from just some people's feedback about 
um, how even though I said you, you wouldn't, you don't have to finish a session in one day necessarily, it still makes people feel like the course has to be done in 30 days. And that's just not true. So we're doing a little bit of rebranding. It's going to be called 30 steps to better jazz playing. And even though a lot of this, the, the framework of the course is, is still the same, there's going to be some improvements, some extra resources. Um, uh, you know, we're going to have two different paths for people to take. Um, so if you're in the course right now, don't worry about that. If you're a student and you're like, Oh my gosh, should I stop taking this course? Cause going to change. No, keep working through the course. Keep doing it. Um, anyways, we're, I'm going to be talking a lot about all the stuff that I'm about to talk to you about right now in July. Like July, we're really going to focus on this um, because we're going to be relaunching this course in August. And so July, I'm really going to be focusing on a lot of this stuff that is really important. And I'm really passionate about this because we do a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, the Jazz Standards Playbook came out. Um, that's a really great course. People are really getting a lot of value from it. Uh, the year before we came out with zero to improv, our jazz theory book, and that's still, I mean, thousands of people have downloaded that book and are getting help from that book, which is the most exciting thing for me. We have other things that we do. Um, our ear training course, how to play with you hear all those things are so awesome. But for me, uh, and the reason I'm re- not redoing this course, but you know, reframing parts of this course, making this course even better is because I think this course is the number one thing that I really want people to do that I feel like I can serve you guys, my audience better. Um, And I'm just so fired up about it because I really believe that having a goal oriented uh, frame, practicing the right things, that is the number one thing that you can do. And just to have an actual path a practice plan to walk through. Uh, it really revolutionized my playing, which is why I made this course. Um, so I'm really excited about this. So number three is lack of direction. A lot of people are in a musical slump because they just don't have a plan. So the first thing that you need to do to get out of that is you need to set goals. And what I what I mean by that is I want you to set a really broad, big, overarching goal for your jazz playing. It it sounds like it's not a big deal, but it's an insanely big deal. If you understand what you want to accomplish as a musician, it is going to be incredibly helpful. And everybody will have different things. Like if you're just someone who really just wants to play jazz for fun and have a great time and it's your hobby and it brings you a lot of joy, then you might just have a goal of like, I want to be able to just play at jam sessions or play my own gigs and just feel awesome and just improvise freely, right? That's, that's a goal. That's a goal. That's, that's, that's a overarching goal. I mean, there's no plan in place yet, but at least you know where you want to get to, or maybe you're a a student right now in college and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I want to do what Brent does. Like I want to be an educator. I want to play gigs out and you know, I want to, I want to do that. I want to publish books. You know, I want to do that sort of thing. Well, then you can have a whole nother set of goals for yourself. So whatever it is, the first thing you need to do is make sure you understand where you're trying to go, right? That's so important. So set that overarching goal that's really big. The second thing you need to do is make sure you're practicing the right stuff, okay? Again, that seems very simple, but a lot of people don't actually really know what the right stuff is when it comes to jazz playing. I mean, they're, they're all over the place. They're learning the melodic minor scale. How do I apply the melodic minor scale over this chord or this chord? And then the next time they're trying to figure out this new trick or this new lick, and there's no connection with all of it. 
So for me, I have what I call the big three. And those big three are technique, jazz repertoire, and jazz language. Those are the big three. Those are the only three things you need to be working on. If you want to boil it down, uh, that's what you should do. And the reason why you need to do technique is because you want to be able to freely play whatever you want to play on your instrument, right? And with jazz and improvisation, there's some virtuosity in it. So you really need to work on being able to navigate your instrument. And that doesn't have anything to do with musicality next, you know, necessarily. But that has to do with just being able to navigate your instrument. So if you're working on that, that's going to free you up to do the other stuff. And then jazz repertoire, because I've talked about this over and over again. I've talked about this with the Jazz Standards Playbook. The reason I made that is because... Learning jazz standards, the jazz repertoire, the way we communicate is where we're going to learn all the lessons about jazz harmony and even rhythm, right? We're going to learn all those lessons there. Whether you want to compose your own material, it doesn't matter. The lessons are there. So we need to be learning jazz repertoire. And then the third one, jazz language, we have to be learning the vocabulary, right? We have to be listening, obviously, but we should be learning licks, little phrases, I think, and, and you, I think, and you don't necessarily, some people will disagree with me, but I think you should be learning some solos too. You don't have to be constantly learning how to play solos, but we need to mimic these jazz musicians so that we can start figuring out. And when we learn these things, it's going to be so enlightening for you. You're going to start working out these solos and being like, wow. Uh, why did Dexter Gordon do that? Why did Winton Kelly do that? Why did uh, Herb Ellis do that? I mean, name your favorite musician. Why did they do that? And what were they thinking? And the more you do that, it's just going to open up your mind. So you got to practice the right stuff. In my opinion, those are the three topics that you want to be drawing material from. And then the third thing that you need to do after you have set your big goal, after you have identified the stuff that you need to be practicing, you need to create an action plan, an action plan, right? You have your overarching goal. And I, I almost guarantee, I 95% guarantee that those three things that you should be practicing, those three topics will help you get to your overarching goal. So then the next thing you need to do is create an action plan. Let's say you want to learn a jazz standard uh, by the end of the week or the end of the month. Then you've got to break that down into a smaller goal, like maybe a weekly goal. If you're trying to learn a jazz standard in a month, you have to have a weekly goal set in place, which means you're going to have to have a daily goal or a semi-daily goal. And you have to have to figure out exactly what you're going to do. If you're trying to transcribe a solo in a, in a month as well, you have to break that down into smaller parts. And that kind of goes back with that oversaturation thing. Less is more. If you learn four or eight bars or just a phrase of the solo in one day, that's all you need to do. You don't have to learn more than that because there's always another practice day where you can continue off where you left from and you'll learn that material so much better. All right. I feel like I'm just ranting. I feel like I'm just going on and on here. But let's just really quickly review that. Lack of direction. Okay. Happens to everybody, but you got to fix that by setting a goal, a big overarching goal, practice the right stuff, create an action plan. And again, we're going to be really talking about this in July. So keep listening to the show. We have some guests in between all of this stuff, but uh, that's really what we're going to be focusing on a lot in July because this is super, super important for me. Like if I'm to evangelize 
anything to you. It's that if you want to improve, this is the stuff you need to do. Um, sometimes I come out with episodes of like, hey, how do you play the melodic minor scale or the minor pentatonic scale over these different chords? And it's funny because those episodes, they get a lot of downloads. And that's great. And those, those are helpful episodes. Um, but I always think it's funny because that is not the important stuff. The tips and the tricks, the little shortcuts, that is not the important stuff. This, this, this is the important stuff right here. So we'll be talking more about that. Uh, sorry, I'm getting fired up. I'm getting passionate about this stuff. So thanks for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, I always appreciate you listening. Uh, I'm here for you. I'm here to help you get motivated. I want to help you get unstuck from your musical slumps, from your plateaus. And I think by you know firing yourself up, getting yourself motivated, you know, getting unsaturated, right? Break things down, take some breaks, and then having that direction, that focus, that's really going to get you out of that. And it's okay to be in a slump. You're going to be in one. I've, I've been in them. I'm sure I'll be in them in the future, but it's the way we get out of those and, and, you know, recalibrate ourselves. That's going to do the trick. All right, that's all for today's show. I want to thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I do appreciate it. Hope some of this was helpful to you. Now, as I always say, if you got some value today's podcast episode and you just haven't done this yet, you've heard me say this every single time. (laughs) I know I say it every single episode at the end. Leave a rating and review, a kind rating and review on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening service. That really helps uh, other people find this show and just know that the show is worth listening to. So if you got value, just want a simple free way to give back, go ahead and do that. It takes about a minute of your time. So thanks so much in advance. I'm really excited. We're going to have a great guest on the show. I'm not going to tell you who it is yet, but we're, he's going to talk about how to fail-proof your performances. That's not going to be one you're going to want to miss. So I'll see you back then. That's going to be episode 120. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.